Welcome to Season 4 of Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky. This podcast is not just information, but impartation and activation. We believe that every conversation will encourage, equip, and empower you to live the daily supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast and then share every episode with your friends and family and be activated. Welcome to another adventure in the Holy Spirit. I'm your host, Jared Lasky, having the most fun of my life. I want to encourage you guys to share this episode with your friends and family because it's going to be lit with the fire of the Holy Spirit. But before I introduce my guests, I want to encourage you guys, my book, The Baptism of the Holy Spirit, is out on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, and I'm receiving testimonies of people around the world receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And even some people who have what I addressed called silence tongues, where they've silenced speaking in tongues for a while, the gift has reemerged from them while reading this book. A pastor just recently shared with me how he shared some of the principles of it, and five people in his church received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. But guys, I'm excited to be introducing you to Darren Stott. He's a pastor of the Eden Movement. He's got the number one podcast, The Supernaturalist. He's an author. He is pastoring a church that's becoming a movement. So we're going to be talking about the power of the Holy Spirit through him, what the Eden Movement is, and how to restore cities through revival. So please help me welcome Darren Stott to Adventures in the Spirit. Welcome, Darren. Jared, thank you so much for having me on your amazing podcast. I'm super excited to be here. I'm really excited about your your book. Man, there's such a, an importance for every believer to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be walking uh, in the manifest realities of the kingdom. So, man, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Well, it's an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on. I've been watching you from a distance, and I was actually going to reach out to you to be on my podcast. And a lovely lady that we know reached out to me, beat me to the punch, but it's an honor and a pleasure to have you on. So, Darren, can you share some of your story of how you came to Christ? Absolutely. So, my grandpa was a pastor. My dad was a pastor. I said I would never be a pastor. Uh, in fact, I got a bit hurt in the church. Uh, my uh, my dad was actually Assembly God pastor, and I and I would actually believe uh, I'd say that he was actually kind of a perfect pastor. I never once saw my parents fight in front of me. My entire world was the church where I was raised. It was where I went to school. Uh, it was where all my friends were. We uh, actually experienced a, an amazing move of God in Seattle in the '90s. That was the Toronto Blessing. Uh, my dad kind of became a big deal at that at that time. It was like we were on the map. Uh, we had all the generals coming through at that time who at that time really weren't big names but you know bill johnson was would come through and randy clark and um bobby connor and he bobby connor was actually a baptist pastor at that time and nobody knew who he was and it was a mighty move of god through that in in that fire and in that place my parents actually ended up going through a divorce and what was this vibrant incredible place uh, actually almost shut down. Uh, my dad resigned the ministry. Uh, my mom and I actually had to start church shopping, which was so weird. I was incredibly broken. Uh, and then my brokenness turned to bitterness. And I was like, I was never done with God, but I was like done with the church mm -hmm. and, and done with Christians. And uh, it just got really hurt. And then uh, so our church at that time that we left was down to like 20 people and the assemblies was looking at maybe even taking the church. And then uh, God spoke to this lady that was actually saved under my grandpa's ministry, discipled by my parents. And she was a divorced woman in Australia doing youth revival. And God spoke to her to come back to this church and begin rebuilding it. And I was speaking negatively about her. And I mean, I loved her, but I was like, I was just so hurt, man. 
And so the Lord had actually already spoken to her about me, about pastoring ministry. That was the last thing that I wanted. She came back. She met with me. Uh, out of respect, I met with her. She sat me down and just started repenting for all these things. That, And I was like, I don't get it. You you haven't done nothing. And she said, somebody needs to, needs to repent. So I said that I forgave her, but I was just saying it, being polite. And, and without realizing it, that was the first time that I had forgiven anybody. I was just so bitter and just, and, and I didn't mean it, but that's like the power of words and just saying something, it actually opened my heart up. And then the Lord gave me a dream and I was back at the church and, uh, and then I did come back to the church and the Lord restored me and spoke to me. I'm taking a very long journey and just condensing it. But now uh, I've been pastoring for 14 years this coming Friday, celebrating 17 years of marriage. We have four children and God is moving. Amen. I love that. So, Darren, you, you're a revivalist and you're seeing God move in power. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in, in oh, the wow. Eugene Springfield area. Yes. So. Uh, I was born there. Every time I go, I, I love the sights and the sounds, but I no longer recognize it, uh, especially west of the Cascades. They need Jesus desperately there. Yes, it's true. It's true. So how are you leading people into revival? What is God doing through you in the Pacific Northwest that needs revival? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, revival is a huge part of our history and story. Um, uh it's because of revival that my grandpa got saved. His dad was not a Christian at all. In fact, our family line we, we are, are not good people. <laughs> so my grandpa tried going to a church. It was just religious. He's like, yeah, screw, you know, forget that. Sorry. And, uh, good. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, uh, because of his alcoholism and his, and his anger, my grandma told him I'm leaving you. And so out of desperation, he went to a revival meeting. And he was, and there was an altar call and he said, I'll do this later. And the Lord said, no, it's going to be now or never. And so he said, okay. So he went to the front uh, during an altar call and gave his life to Jesus. And that power of alcoholism was broken in his life. He went home and poured out all of his booze. My grandma goes, well, now I'm definitely going to leave you because the only thing worse than alcoholic is a Bible basher. But she saw the transformation in his life. And one night uh, she began to cry. And, and my grandpa said, what's wrong, Rosie? And she said, what must I do to become a Christian? He led her wow. to the Lord. My dad was also saved in a revival meeting. It was a fuchsia picket meeting. Um, and in the meeting, the Lord gave him an open vision of his future, showed him that he would be a pastor, healed him of stuttering in that meeting, called him into ministry. And it was really in revival that my that my life was radically impacted, hijacked by the reality of who God is. So it's within the context of revival that I was that I was raised. Man, I love seeing the church awaken to signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance. I love outpouring. And so revival is a huge part of our of our story here. I love that. So in what is revival and what does it do in people? Well, I think revival is uh, it's awakening yes but it's also a restoration to god's original intended plan and purpose and that ties into a lot of what the lord is doing here in uh, in seattle i think revival or revivalism can turn into an end in and of itself uh where and so can salvation you know bobby connor he jokes around says if salvation was the end all we would need are evangelists and snipers right we Lead people to Jesus and then take them out, right? Um, so we know that salvation isn't the end. It's the beginning. 
right? And, and the same thing is really true of revival. Revival is not the end of the story, but I think a lot of Christians, they cry out for revival like it's, it, like it's the fix-all or it's the end of the story. And so this is where revival is a huge part of our strategy here in Seattle. Uh, we have to see people that are fully awakened to who they are in Christ Jesus and the, and the signs, the wonders, the miracles, that they're equipped in those things, but we do not believe that revival is the is the mystical supernatural hope of the world. Okay, um, and we believe that it's the, it's 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 the beginning. It's it's not it's not the end. Well, then people say, then then what's what's all of this unto? Right? Like what what's this great storyline? Well, that's where we really have to look at God's word, and we really have to look at. In the beginning, everything was beautiful and glorious and holy, and there was no separation. Right. And then there was the fall of man and all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is life. And then there's all the prophets. He's coming. Messiah is coming. And then Jesus comes and lives and dies and resurrects. And then he says to his church, and now I'm going to send you out into all of the world to make uh, disciples of nations. And I will come again. And, and then you get to the book of Acts and it doesn't end. It's like to be continued. And that's what we find ourselves in the continuation of the book of Acts, given this wonderful mandate to make disciples of nations. Right. And then you keep reading and Jesus comes back on a big white horse. He's tatted up. Right. He's ready to wage war. You know, he, the great white throne of judgment. He throws the devil and his demons in, into the lake of fire. And then what do we see? We see. Uh, the new Jerusalem coming out of the heavens and the restoration of all things. And we rule and reign with Yeshua uh, uh, in the new heavens, in the new earth, what I call the new Eden, right? And so we are going to rule and reign with King Jesus forevermore. Hallelujah. So that's what this is unto. It's unto the rest restoration of all things. Your awakening or your revival, the great awakening, okay? It's not to turn into revivalism, which terminates on us, where we're always just looking for our next supernatural fix we are being awakened so that we can live out our mandate we can fulfill the reason why god created us okay and and uh and i think that's an interesting discussion of why did god create us but that's where i think that that's where i believe that revival i think that there's a lot of dead people mm -hmm. <laughs> trying to do the greater things trying to do what jesus did but they're dead so they need to get revived but revivalism and this continual perpetual in feeling just to feel good about ourselves or about our services, man, we've got to kind of begin to get back to the word of God, the book of Acts, and to see that all of this is for a great purpose. No, oh, it is. All of it's for a great purpose. We need to go back to the book of Acts. I love that. You're speaking my vocabulary, my language. You know, this is what I live for, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, seeing him set people set people free, fill them with his spirit, lead them to, to Christ Jesus. Darren, you got this interesting, uh, you, you've rebranded your church and it's being called the Eden Movement. Can you share with us the philosophy behind that and, sure. and what, what that means for people who may not necessarily understand what Eden Movement is? Well, our, our web domain and social media is Eden Movement. That's MVMT. The actual name of our church is just Eden. And people are like, oh, this is a lovely rebrand, right? Your logo is so nice, right? Like, why would you do that? Well, uh, a name is very important biblically, right? Your name is your power, your reputation, and your authority. And so for us, we were Seattle Revival Center, which is awesome. Seattle is an incredible pioneering region, the home of Microsoft, Boeing, Amazon, Jimi Hendrix, right? So uh, that's Seattle, and that's been the 
place of our purpose. We've been a, a regional revival center. Um, okay. And then you come to the word revival, which we've just been talking about that. This is place of, of, of awakening. But the Lord's been speaking to us about, hey, there's there's more to this kingdom equation than just revival. Okay. And then this idea of, of, of the center, this idea of, of a Jerusalem or an Antioch, everybody come here and experience this kind of thing. Which is, which is, again, wonderful, but this thing that we've been sensing and feeling where the Lord is beginning to call us out. Do you want the power of God to be evident in your life? Do you need to receive the baptism with the Holy Spirit? Are you curious about the spiritual gift of speaking in tongues, and do you want it in your life? My wife and I have a free e-course available for you called the Baptism with the Holy Spirit, where you will learn the biblical truth and spiritual reality of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. And you'll hear true stories of how people receive the promised gift. The videos in this e-course will expand your knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit baptism. You'll be drawn closer in relationship with the Holy Spirit and receive prayer and activation into the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You can also go through it with a small group of friends, a church class, or a discipleship group. You could download the accompanying PDF for each lesson and apply the principles to your life and take the action steps. Your faith will grow as you read the scriptures, watch the videos, and participate in the activation. The gift is for you. The gift is for today. The gift is to empower your spiritual life. We know that you will finish this course with the divine empowerment that comes through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So start your journey today. Go to charismacourses.com collections and click on Jared Lasky and enroll in the baptism of the Holy Spirit e-course. All right, so Seattle Revival Center, okay? It's this region. It's kind of revivalism, and everybody come here. And so for us, this isn't just a rebrand. For us, this isn't just a new name. This is, is this is an entire transition of our ethos or our mandate. And you say, well, what are, what are you talking about? Well, uh, again, looking at the Word of God, when you look at Eden, Eden is what? It means, it means pleasure. It means paradise. You know, a lot of people think that Eden was... A garden, okay, but it, it, it wasn't. It says in Eden, God planted a garden because all temples have gardens and you know the glory of the deity by the glory uh, of, of its temple and its temple gardens, okay? Um, and so I'm studying this. I'm like, oh my goodness. All right, so then you look at Adam and Eve. In Eden, God places Adam and Eve and he creates them in his own image and likeness. You know, and everybody thinks that Adam and Eve were like these naked gardeners. Like they just worked out with in the dirt all day long. But God says to them, Abad and Shamar. These are two Hebrew uh, verbs okay, that, that we translate work it and keep it. So we think that's work the garden, right? You're gardeners. But in the Hebrew, these words actually have very little to do with agriculture. And they are actually linked to the, the duties of a priest. So these are verbs that are used for a priesthood. So we have to kind of like change you see, the problem is that a lot of us don't really know where we're going because we don't really know where we've come from. So people are like, you want to go back to Eden? No, you have to actually see that what, what begins in Eden is actually a tapestry that is interwoven throughout the entirety of the scriptures. Okay, so, uh, all right, so you're saying it's not a garden, it was a temple. And then all of a sudden you're saying Adam and Eve are not gardeners. What are they? God's original intended purpose for humanity is that we would be a priesthood. Okay. A lot of people, they, they look at Eden and they think the entire earth was Eden, but it wasn't. It was a very little place on the earth. And God comes to Adam and Eve and says, all right, I want you to expand Eden. Okay. Until the entire earth is a temple. So the entire earth is a place of, of, of majesty and glory and worship unto Yahweh. 
And if you actually look at the beginning in Genesis and then you actually look at the book of Revelation, they actually they actually sync up and they and they come together. We think that's right. Like Greeks, we think of timelines beginning and an end. But actually, uh, this thing ends the way that it begins. So a lot of people are getting ready for the end times. I'm actually getting ready to go back to the beginning. Love it. <laughs> so the Bible begins with a wedding. It ends with a wedding. It begins in Eden. It ends with Eden. When you look at the New Jerusalem that comes down, then it describes the New Jerusalem with all of the stones and the rivers. It's describing the beginning. And so, and, and here's the best part. We don't have to wait for the new Jerusalem to come down because Jesus came, the veil in the temple was, was torn from the top to the bottom. The Holy spirit came in the upper room and flooded us, which means what it means that, that that the abiding place, the place of convergence between heaven and earth, everything that Eden was, we now have access to, we, we now no longer have to go to temple. We are now a temple for the Holy Spirit. So for us, this isn't a rebrand. This is an entire change of our ethos. We see ourselves in the storyline of the scriptures with a great, what we call our Edenic mandate, and that is to go into all the world and make disciples. I love that. You know, when it comes to eschatology, people need to look at it more victoriously because of the power of the Holy Spirit within them. And that's a whole other conversation because I believe in victorious eschatology. I believe right. that we have the dominion mandate yes. and that we extend the kingdom of God right where we are. Too many people are looking for the end when there are new beginnings. You know, So again, that's a whole other conversation, brother. But in your studies, this, this popped into my head. I remember a missiologist showing us that Eden was on a mountain. Have you seen that? The mountain of the Lord and all the connections with that? Yeah, absolutely. So you have in Eden, you have the mountain of the Lord, okay? That Eden was on a mountain. You see also the tree of life, which is going to become very significant. People think that 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 Adam and Eve, they had no concept of, of death, right? There was no death in Eden. But the Lord told them, you shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do, you will surely die. So there was a concept of death. There was a concept that they could eat of any tree of the garden. What happens if you eat of a tree? You bring it into you and then it dies so that you can actually live. So think about this. They were allowed to eat of the tree of life. So were they born immortal and was immortality the natural default of Eden? Or was their immortality contingent on feasting of the tree of life? Oh, so when they were kicked, so when they were kicked out of Eden, they no longer had access to the tree of life. So Lucifer tells them, well, he just, you won't surely die. But the truth is, is that once they lose access to the tree of life, they begin dying because they no longer have access to the tree of life. So what does Lucifer say? He says, he says, look at this tree. Look at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's beautiful. It will unlock your true God likeness, all of these things. He wanted them to take this, this, this fruit and to bring it into them. Because what you bring into you is what transforms you. All right. In the same way, when Jesus came on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat and remember. In the same way, he took the cup and said, this cup is my blood. Take it and drink it and bring it into you. What we actually see in the garden there with Lucifer was a counterfeit communion that would take us out of union yeah. with, with Christ Jesus. And then what we actually see when Jesus, just before he dies, 
He says, I want you to do this often. This is the Lord's table. This is communion and, and, and feasting. Now, this is the very first time since the Garden of Eden that now they get to begin to feast from the tree of life. And so, um, yeah, so this is a fast, it's a fascinating study of the, uh, the mountain of God, the garden of God, the, the tree of life, these things that were in Eden, and then looking at the new Jerusalem, even looking at the rivers that came out of Eden. It's just such a fun study, but it's all a prophetic drama for the days in which we are living, the function of the kingdom of God on the earth, and then the age to come. I love that, brother. So with the Eden movement, how are you bringing heaven to earth? Can you share some stories and how you're equipping people? Yeah, well, you just hit on it, actually. And you said this, you said the D word. Um, and so that is this. A lot of Christians, when we ask them, um, why did God create you? They say, well, I was created to worship, right? I was created to worship. We love to worship Jesus, right? That's awesome. Uh, the truth is that in the beginning, God created Adam and Eve, and he said what? He said, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion, okay? They sin, they transgress. We see the earth gets really bad. There's a great flood. There's Noah and his family. They come off of the ark, and what does God say? He says the, this Edenic mandate a second time, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion of the earth, right? All right, so then Jesus comes, and he does his ministry, right? And then we have the Great Commission. It's basically the same thing. It's basically the Edenic mandate. Again, he says to the church, be fruitful, multiply, take dominion of the earth. Um, uh, make disciples of nations. It's no different than the first Edenic mandate. What am I saying? I'm saying that you were not created to worship. You were created to take dominion and your obedience before the Lord and in taking dominion of the earth, Christ Jesus is worshiped through the priesthood of God, preparing the earth for the glorification of Yeshua, the King. So with all that being said, it calls for a massive um, revelation perspective shift. And that is this. For many people, the entirety of our Christian experience takes place in Sundays. Why? Because that's where we worship. If you were created to worship, where and when do you worship? It, at, at events and gatherings. Okay? And this is one of the perspective shifts that the Lord is bringing to us. No, we were not created to worship. So you don't get to just check off the entirety of your Christian experience by attending an event on a Sunday. No, you were created for dominion. And that takes place from Monday through Saturday. Okay, and so this is a, a massive perspective shift in that we see that the that the offices of the church have been given by Christ to the church, the office of the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher and evangelist, not to do the works of ministry, but to equip the saints for works of ministry. And that is how we take dominion. So this is really something that we are saying yes to the Lord in. And this isn't me bragging about what God is doing in Seattle. This is me declaring this is what Christ Jesus is doing on the earth. He's mobilizing the bride, the family, the ecclesia, the mystery that he is awakening us to the fact that a third grade awakening or some sort of supernatural esoteric glory cloud that comes from the heavens is not going to cast out demons, raise is not going to solve the homeless problem in seattle that god is not going to come and do the works of ministry he has called and equipped the body of christ to be his agency by which his kingdom comes on the earth 
And so this is where we're doing everything possible, okay, not to make ourselves look good, but to, to catalyze and to mobilize the church of Jesus Christ, where we say this, that your Christian kingdom experience on the earth has to look like you being the body of Christ from Monday through Saturday. And it has to look like us saying that all these problems and conditions, um, that, that some future move of God is not the answer. Us. Okay, with the Holy Spirit inside of us saying yes to the Lord and realizing that the great myth of separation that was all that has been undergirded and supported by Gnosticism, Catholicism, and Calvinism, that we have been lied to. And within our kind of charismatic kind of thing where it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it, it is coming. What is it? No, my friends, it is Jesus who came. It is the Holy Spirit who is inside of you. And now it is Christ, the hope of glory in the kingdom of God that is inside of you. It is not coming. It is not it. It, it is him. It is Christ Jesus. He is inside of us. We are not waiting on him. He is waiting on us. So let's go. All right, let's go. Darren, can you pray for a powerful prayer of impartation upon our viewers and upon our listeners right now to encounter Jesus and bring restoration, revival, awakening right where they are? Absolutely. Jared, I thought you would never ask. Christ Jesus, we honor your presence and power that is flowing from these airwaves into people's ears uh, and even through the gates of people's eyes as they're engaging with this video. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would use this audio and this video to bring a, an awakening okay, yeah. of our identity and our destiny that behold, today is the day of salvation, that this great and powerful uh, salvation factor has been made possible, not by our faith, but by grace through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that every person engaging with this broadcast today, that they would be awakened to the fact that they are radically and infinitely loved by a good father who has created them in his image and likeness to be a priest on the earth and to help to prepare the earth for the re-entry of King Jesus. I bless each and every person listening today. They are more than a conqueror. They are the head and not the tail. It is time for them to come up in the world. And Lord, I bless them today in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. Well, while you're praying, Darren, I, I see waterfalls and I heard the voice of the Lord say, I'm the Alpha and the Omega. Wow. Wow. I'm the beginning and the end draw near to me and i will draw near to you it's an amazing waterfall it's an amazing atmosphere of heaven hmm. and a powerful presence of god i pray this upon those of you watching and listening to this now encounter jesus in jesus name wow 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 honestly i don't want to end this brother but man i'm i'm, I'm i've got the power of God all around me, surging through me. Darren, what is the best way for people to get more information, become part of the Eden movement and know more about your resources? Yeah. If you're in the Northwest area, uh, come and see us, come and check us out. But otherwise just go to our website and it's Eden movement. It's MVMT.com. And this is what I'd say. If this is resonating, look at what we're doing and steal it. You don't have to give us the credit. You can take our language. You can take our values, what we call our rivers. Um, take it, make it yours. Share it with your friends, with your family. Let's do kingdom. The other thing you can do is just go to my website. It's darrenstott.com. And God has really called me to catalyze joy and strength 
and the body of Christ. So there's a lot of resources there at darrenstott.com to help awaken you to who Jesus is and to who you are in him. Amen. So guys, go to darrenstott.com. I've got that up on the screen. And then Eden Movement, mvmt.com for more information. Darren, thank you so much for being my very special guest on Adventures in the Spirit, brother. Jared, you are the best. Keep getting after it. Huge fan. Bless you, bless you, bless you. Thank you so much for listening to Adventures in the Spirit with Jared Lasky, a podcast that activates you to live the supernatural life. Subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform and share it with your friends. Leave a five-star rate and review, which helps us reach more people with the love and power of the Holy Spirit and partner with us at firebornministries.com. And may you live your best spirit-empowered life and have your own adventures in the Holy Spirit.